As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Today's episode of Laz and Powers is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield, APY, on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try and I promise Hello, welcome to Lads and Powers. This is Scott Powers of The Athletic. Uh, you're in for a treat today. It's just me today. No, uh, no Mark Lazarus. We had a, a little scheduling conf- conflict, so I am the lone podcaster today. Um, I thought we'd uh, kind of focus on prospects today, which I think uh, more of my specialty, and maybe Martin, maybe not Marks. Um, if you do get a chance, maybe read uh, Laz's uh, Quinville story today. It was he went out to Florida last week and uh, spent some time with Joel and. Um, did a really nice job on the piece, and obviously a lot of people will be writing and talking about Joel as, uh, as that game is coming up uh, the week from Tuesday. Um, so uh, there'll be a lot of intrigue, so to kind of jump on things a little bit earlier, Mark went out there and uh, went to a game and hung out with Joel. Uh, I know he got some kind of one-on-one time and, and talked about his times in Chicago, what it's like been in Florida, and 
it's certainly uh, certainly worth your time if you if you get the chance. So, um, I put out a uh, put out a question today about uh, maybe talking about podcasts on this uh, on this podcast. So, uh, talking about prospects on this podcast. Uh, excuse me, I'm a little little railed being by myself. I'm usually used to the lads kind of uh, evening us out. So, um, so I'll, I'll just I'll maybe I'll just run through some questions here and uh, hopefully I can provide some answers and. Um, so, uh, here's from Drew Mazzano. Uh, is Shalunov ever going to play for the Blackhawks and how is he performing this year? Could he be the right wing Taves needs? Um, I actually, I texted with his agent, uh, earlier today, uh, kind of in preparation for this. And he said, Shalunov is, uh, he's interested in coming over. Uh, kind of feels like the time is right. You know, based on his contract, it does line up where, um, it's his last, uh, last year of his CSKA deal. Um, I was surprised that he signed the deal in the first place. He signed for three years, and uh, I know that I kind of hyped him up and wrote a lot about him, and then all of a sudden he signs a deal and, and delays it, sort of kind of like uh, Kayimov just did too, where uh, I wrote about Kayimov, and then within days he signed an extension with uh, within the KHL. So um, this is probably Shalun off the window. He's 26 now, I believe. Um, if he's ever going to come over, it's probably now. Otherwise, he probably signs another KHL deal and stays over there. Um, obviously the Blackhawks, um, you know, if, if they can have someone come over that's NHL ready, uh, that would probably be, you know, beneficial for them. You know, we've seen how guys like Kubelik and that kind of work out. Uh, I, I think Shalunov has some skills kind of like Kubelik. They both have a big shot. They have a big frame. Um, you know, Shalunov, um, uh, maybe even a little bigger, bigger player than Kubelik, a little bit more physical, um, you know, he, he's played center and wing in the cage. So I think he's more of a, a wing shell, maybe not as, uh, maybe not as versatile or as, uh, yeah, I guess mobile as, as Kubelik, but there, there's some similar tra- traits there. Um, his production has actually been down the last couple of years in the cage. So he plays for a pretty good team, uh, you know, mostly playing kind of a top six, um, top nine sort of role. Uh, the numbers have dropped a little bit. Um, he still plays for, you know, he's playing for Rush in a lot of the national tournaments, so, he, you know, he's still in favor there. So um, it's probably worth the Blackhawks, uh, you know, it's, it's worth a shot. You know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work, off, work out. I'm sure that he'll have one of those European clauses in his deal. Um, it'll be an entry-level deal since he's uh, he's still under that. Uh, I think he'd, you know, it'd, go, it'd be, go from an ELC to a, uh, you know, him becoming a UFA pretty quickly. But it's, uh, you know, for him, the Black, him and the Blackhawks to take a shot at it, it's probably worth both their time and, um, I, I guess at this point I, I wouldn't be surprised if anything happens, but um, you know if there's if there's a window for him to come over, it would uh, it would probably be now. Uh, this is from Luke Stanbury. Not a specific question, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Ian Mitchell can do in the NHL. Any insight you have on him, his skills, his ceiling, and his role with the Blackhawks moving forward uh, with, uh, with with be great. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not great at comparables. Um, you know, he's he, he's a pretty mobile defenseman. He, he's not the biggest guy. Um, he, he's he's got a little bit, I think, thicker frame than, than maybe Boquist. Um, you know, but they'll have to play similar games where you know a lot of it's with their skating and their sticks that they're going to have to defend. I, I think Mitchell's gotten pretty good at doing that. You know, you know, I think we've seen with Boquist too. He's a little bit, you know, gotten better at angling and you know defending uh, defending that uh, the offensive you know blue line and you know defending within neutral zone and, and trying to maybe take off some of the pressure uh, what they're doing within the defensive zone. But you know, Mitchell's um, Mitchell's take kind of taken those strides you know year by year. Uh, the Blackhawks would have preferred if he didn't go back to Denver for his junior season and, you know, had signed, he'd probably be in the NHL right now, but, you know, he wanted to go back and, 
um, you know, I don't think it hurts his his development that you know he's he's been the captain. You know, Denver's been one of the better teams in the country. He's been their number one defenseman. Um, you know, a lot of those things are positive. He's still playing. You know, in college hockey, that it's uh, he's playing some against some older kids, and you know, having to defend, and you know, it's, it's a little bit tougher game in that aspect. So, um, you know, it, it's not all a complete negative for him going back. So, um, you know, he, he can move the puck. He can move himself. He's a, he's a good skater. Um, not a tremendous shot, but. Um, you know, he, he's pretty good on top of that power play. You know, I, I think he's, uh, you know, type, probably type of guy that plays in the second power play in the NHL. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I top four defenseman, I, I, I would think maybe, a, you know, a second pairing guy maybe develops into a, a top pairing guy. I don't know if you can pair him and, and Boquist together. Like, you may want some balance there and have a little bit more size and, um, you know, just versatility, and, um, you know, I, I think having Keith with Boquist has kind of worked out just with his uh, kind of bringing him along, so um, I'm not sure who would fit uh, with Mitchell, maybe DeHaan or someone, but, um, you know, the fact that Mitchell's a right-handed shot gives him another option, too, so. Uh, this is from Joseph Faselli, uh, Felicelli, F-E-L-E, F-E-L-I-C-E-L-L-I. Uh, seems like the Hawks have drafted a ton of D in the last few years, but where is this going to going to come from in the prospect pool um yeah i know it's 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 a fair criticism you know i, I think part of it's difficult because you have guys like uh um the you know not to bring maybe he's a little bit further along now but even even to bring it and, and certainly doc and the fact they traded um you know yoki Harder from nylander so you know they're, they're looking at nylander and, and doc and to bring it and and even strom is um, when, you, when you talk about the guys under you know 22, uh, under 23 years old, that these guys are the guys who are supposed to emerge and be their, uh, you know, their, their secondary scorers and even their primary scorers in some ways. So, um, yeah, but when you when you look further down, you know, the fact that Secura hasn't produced at that level, and um, you know, I, I think Highmore and and Hagel, a lot of these guys are pretty similar. Where they're probably more bottom six players and not a lot of uh, offensive upside. And you know, you look at fill fill that same. Uh, fill that same category where they're probably more bottom six guys and you know guys that could be versatile and help you out in other ways but probably not relied on too much offensively um yeah I think Kershev's the one guy that maybe has that offensive upside you know he's um he's still pretty young at uh I think he's still 20 uh, maybe 21 now but um you know he's shown it at uh, lower levels and his game certainly developed he's got a little bit more creativity um you know I think he's starting to put together he was putting together in Rockford before he got hurt and um, you know, he, he may not be NHL ready yet, but, you know, I, someone I'd look to in a year or two that, uh, you know, can make the jump and has a little bit more offensive upside. I, I don't, you know, he's maybe not a star in the NHL, but it's certainly a contributor and a guy that can put up some points. So I, I think if you're looking beyond that, uh, and then maybe among the unsigned guys, I, I think Nicholas Nordgren's probably the main guy who has the most offensive upside. You know, he's had a lot of uh, various injury injury issues the last couple of years since they've drafted him but still has a you know a tremendous shot and uh can put up points you know he probably doesn't come over for a few years still he uh uh you know this season is kind of a rebuild season for him and uh, you know just coming off those injuries and i i think he'll spend next year in finland and you know have a full season in in finland's top division and, and probably come over so um i, I think the, you know and, and i thought kayimov was honestly ready too i thought kayimov uh, was kind of building towards signing with the blackhawks and Maybe not being, you know, maybe not Angel ready immediately, but he he was close. You know, his his production was was increasing in the KHL. He was showing, 
um, you know, some of those skills, why they drafted him in the second round, along with uh, along with the Brinkett. Uh, I, I think, um, and even now, you know, he's 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 he, early season come over is a couple seasons, but I, I certainly wouldn't write him off. Where maybe he's NHL ready, he should be NHL ready by the time that his next contract's over, and maybe the Hawks sign him then. Obviously, we're still talking a few years from now. So, um, this is from Jeremy. Uh, is the plan to s- still to sign Shalun off after the season? Um, if so, what role do you think he'll play in the Hawks? So obviously, obviously talked a little bit, little bit about that one, but uh, I, I think he's a top nine guy. You know, I, I think he's someone who could fit on the on the third line, and uh, you know, with the way Carlton does it, they obviously looking for some balance. So you know, if if you can find him, uh, you know, maybe a playmaker, someone who can uh, can set him up, and he's got a huge shot, and uh, you know, can be a bit of a net front presence too. So. Um, maybe he works with, uh, you know, someone can handle the puck a little bit and, and, and they can create. So, um, I, I do think it's more of, uh, yeah, just, it's finding the right pairing with him. So, uh, Ian Mitchell questions, uh, puck and hostile asked about Ivan Nalimov, who probably, uh, is no longer in the, uh, in the picture, just considering their, uh, other goalies and, um, yeah, just kind of the, everything they have in the system. Now I, I'd probably write nail, nail him off off at this point. Um, uh, just see, uh, someone make, make playoffs again mentions, uh, Alex Regulia and, and Reese Johnson, uh, must haves, uh, Regulia is, is certainly is a bit of a surprise, you know, they traded, uh, the Red Wings for him, um, you know, Yeiserman probably didn't, uh, uh, you know, when he took over his GM in Detroit, I don't think he saw much of a future for Regula. So for them to trade, uh, you know, acquire Perlini for him, I, I think, uh, you know, Blackhawks were, um, you know, getting someone that Detroit maybe written off or didn't see much of a future for. And uh, the fact that Regula, you know, made it pretty deep into the uh, the U.S. World Junior Camp and he's had a pretty good season for London, has a little bit more size. Um, you know, he, he's signed for next season. You know, another guy that you can add to the uh, the prospect pool and, you know, a few years, kind of see where he's at. But the fact that he has size, I, you know, I think the Blackhawks are a little bit more uh, adamant in adding some of those guys to the system and, and, and to complement guys like Mitchell and, and, and Bodan and and uh, and Boquist too. So uh, this is from Gen B. Do you see either of Bodan, Mitchell in, in a top four role? Who can we get excited for in the forward department? Um, I, I think Mitchell for sure. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm curious to see what Bodan develops into. He doesn't um, athletically, he doesn't have sort of the same skills as, you know, obviously Boquist and, um, you know, I think Mitchell's a little bit better skater, a little bit more dynamic. Uh, Bonet, Bodan probably thinks the game at a higher level. Um, you know, he just, uh, he plays a simple game. It, it's, it's very effective. It's been effective at, at lower levels. I think he's kind of still figuring it out in Rockford. Um, you know, considering, uh, you know, the Blackhawks are probably looking for some si- some size and I don't know how many of those, those smaller defensemen they want. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe Bodan works out in a few years. Maybe he becomes uh, another asset to them if he's uh, if he develops like they want, or maybe they can fit them all in. I just it's uh, I, I think as much as the NHL's gone towards that way to have that many small defensemen in the lineup, I, I think still can be a bit of a liability, and it's it's a little bit harder to um, yeah to I guess to to play in your defensive zone and, and play that physical game that's still especially you know as we see in the playoffs and I. I think the Blackhawks took some notes of what the the Blues and obviously what playoff hockey is like. That I don't know how many of those guys you can uh, you can have. So uh, as for the forwards, um, yeah, I think Norgren uh, eventually. Uh, I think Kurashev. Um, you know, I I think uh, I think there's some talent in Rockford now. Just you know, guys that probably fit more roles. You know, Hagel and Entwistle and um, you know just the, uh, even. Um, 
um, yeah, Sorlin maybe, you know, guys that are very specific roles, but I, I you know, their ceiling is probably especially a little bit limited offensively. Um, you know, I, I think the Blackhawks have a lot of those players, and, uh, you know, when you Quinville, Highmore, a lot of these guys kind of fall in the same uh, the same, uh, same category. So, um, uh, Nick Flossie yes, does Kershev have a future at center or likely on a wing? Also, how has he been at Rockford? Um, yeah, I don't know where the Blackhawks see him, and I played. I know he's played a bunch at, at center. Um, they like to have that versatility. Um, you know, he, he's a little bit smaller center, so it, it could also just you know depend on need. Um, you know, you've seen with guys with Doc and even Strom, where we we've seen them fluctuate a little bit and um, you know kind of move them around. Um, you know, he started off slow a little bit in, in Rockford, but he uh, his numbers are really picking up. Uh, you know, like I said before, he got hurt as of late, so. Um, it'll, um, you know, if, if he can kind of pick up where he left off, I, you know, if, if the Hawks season slides, um, and, and you know, they're, uh, they're playing more for development, you know, later in the season, maybe Kershev gets a look, but, um, they, the Blackhawks certainly have to be happy about his development, kind of where he's going. He, he's got, um, he does have a little creativity in his game. He can, um, you know, I, I think he's, um, you know, he's a little bit smaller. So some of the, it's, uh, some of the defensive play can be difficult, but he, he's a pretty smart player too. You know, he comes from a pretty good, uh, his dad was a coach and a player and, um, you know, it's, uh, he thinks the game at a pretty good, good level too. And, um, yeah, his creativity just makes him a fun player too. He, he's got a little bit of skill and, um, can, can, can create for himself and others. So, um, Let's see, this is from Brandon. Uh, outside of Doc, Boquist, Bodan, and Mitchell, if signed, who can make the biggest impact for, for this team long-term and who can help the team the soonest? Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any quick answers. You know, the fact that Doc's here and Boquist is already up, um, you know, their timelines have probably been uh, accelerated a little bit, and those guys are here sooner than, than we expected. Um, you know, when you look at other early draft picks in, in the last few years, you know, Alex Velasic probably needs... Um, I, I guess three years at BU, uh, at least a couple. Um, it's um, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, and obviously they they traded Graham Nott a few years, you know, this year, and he was their 2015 second round pick. And uh, you know, Kurashev maybe in the next few years. Um, but uh, you know, the fact that Kayamov is is waiting in the KHL and. Um, you know, Jake Wise, uh, third round pick, uh, in 18, you know, he's still, you know, he's, he's had some speed bumps with injury. So he's probably uh, a few years away if he, he makes it, um, Alti Barmarjakin, Barmakin, um, I used to just call him Arl Alti. Uh, I think the Hawks do too, just to make it easier. He's, uh, you know, he's still kind of progressing in the KHL. Um, you know, probably, I don't see him probably signing with it for a couple of years, um, Evan Baird, you know, I, I think signs after this season. He's another guy that maybe fits, uh, maybe more of a third line center. You know, he's got a little offensive upside. He's, he's put up some numbers at Penn State, uh, pretty reliable defensively. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if he's an impact player as well. Just you, know, um, you know, a guy that can help you kind of contribute in other. Um, and, and then, yeah, I guess we'll see. You know, I mean, if the Hawks start in another top ten pick, and maybe they can upgrade that. But because right now the prospect pool, the, the fact that you have some guys up and some guys up here already, the the pool isn't uh you know really deep um especially among the forwards when you um you know look, look at timetables and uh you know kind of quick projections so um this is from kevin devries thoughts on jake wise is an under the radar prospect um yeah i don't know i think we've been saying that for a couple of years since he was drafted you know he had a lot of upside coming out of the uh u.s development program um you know just just hasn't been able to stay healthy and uh you know last year he uh Got off the slow start at at Boston, 
Um, you know, and then he got hurt in December and missed the rest of the season and, and slowly coming back this year. And, uh, you know, last I looked, I'm not sure if he had a goal yet this year too. So, um, you know, I, I'm talking to Mark Kelly, the, you know, the Blackhawks, uh, uh, just uh, about his development and, and Mark Kelly kind of compared this to, you know, this being Jake Wise's freshman year again, and the Hawks are pretty optimistic that eventually he'll get it. But um, he, he's certainly behind, you know, a little bit behind his development because of the injury. So we'll see. Um, he, he, he has uh, some offensive skills and, you know, I, I thought, uh, especially two years ago at prospect camp, he was, uh, he was among the top players. And then, um, you know, th- then he gets a hurt at that first year at BU. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see on him. You know, he's someone to, that maybe down the line, you know, he's a pleasant surprise if he works out, but right now I wouldn't be banking on it too much. Um, this is from Tia. Which prospects do you think are overrated, underrated? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think some of the, the Russian guys are a little bit underrated just because we don't see them as much and, and probably talk about them. And I, I think Kayamov, again, I think Kayamov was uh, headed in the right direction, even though his timeline's off a little bit. Um, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I think Jacob uh, Galvis uh, as a defenseman is a little bit underrated. Um, I, uh, I think he's got, uh, he's got a chance, you know, the fact that he went over to Finland this year and he's had uh, it's a pretty, pretty good year there after, you know, playing in the Czech Republic. Um, overrated? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, I think everyone kind of overrates their prospects and, um, you know, I think we're starting to, uh, you know, I think there's uh, a lot of hype about guys and then we, we kind of see what they are. And um, I know there's a lot of optimism when guys play in world juniors and for the countries, but, um, you know, usually what their role is with their, their nation and, and other programs, you, it kind of translates. So a guy like Soderlund, I know there's a lot of, a lot of interest about, and, and, and he may work out in the NHL, you know, I think the smaller ice does help him, but, um, you know, he's a guy who hasn't really translated um, his game offensively to, to, uh, you know, at, at, at any level. So, um, you know, he can, he can score some highlight goals and, he, and he's got a lot of speed and, and I think he can be effective um, in Rockford and, and maybe even eventually the NHL is, you know, a guy in the four check guy that can do some, you know, PK stuff and, um, you know, help out in a bottom six role. I'm just, uh, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the upside is. And I'm not sure if that clicks for him. Cause I know, I know someone asked him about his comparisons to Victor Arvidsson early on and, and it seemed like that. And just, it, it hasn't, um, it hasn't, kind of translated for Soderl in that way and even Entwistle too you know I think Entwistle you know someone who could eventually crack the NHL um but but he's probably also another guy that's you know third fourth line guy um you know he was kind of used that role when he when he played for Canada for the world juniors and even with his uh his junior team was was uh you know more of a second line secondary guy um you know he's got some size and versatility to him I just um I I don't know what the if the ceiling is exactly as high as some people think so um again they're also young too i mean some of these guys are just ending entering rockford and the hl so um i'm the last guy to you know put a ceiling on anyone and, and say definitively what a person is i mean we can see what these players de- develop and um you know even guys uh you know i i think you know we saw with dylan secure obviously hasn't worked out in the nhl exactly but he was someone that early on in college wasn't uh wasn't producing a whole lot and it, and, and then it clicked later on in Northeastern, and, and you know he, he became a pretty pretty good player there, and um, obviously still kind of feeling figuring out his way in the NHL. But um, you know some of these guys comes a little bit later, and even Shalunov too. I mean Shalunov came over, uh, you know he played in in Rockford one the one year under an AHL deal, and and I think he was gotten ridden off a little bit, went back to Russia, and um, you know put up some pretty big numbers and became one of the top KHL players. So uh, we shall see. Uh, this is from Matt Lucas. 
Uh, when thinking about centers in the pipeline, how would you rank Barrett, Kershev, Sorella, Shalunov, and Wise? Who excites you the most? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I guess out of that group, I think Kershev uh, probably has the highest ceiling. I, I think Shalunov will play more of a wing. Um, and the fact that you know, Shalunov is probably a little bit more of a finished product at his age. I mean, you know what you're getting. Um, you know, uh, Barrett, I, I think, probably one of the more probable players out of the group. I think... Uh, you know, I think his development's been pretty good at Penn State. He's a little bit more of a two-way guy. I think, um, I think he can be a depth center. Um, you know, Sorella and Wise. Uh, you know, kind of wait and see. You know, Sorella's having a decent year in in Finland. Um, you know, got to play in the World Juniors. Um, you know, I was talking to a GM in Finland just recently, and 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 he gave a pretty positive report. Thought his speed was pretty good, and uh, you know, probably probably needs a little bit of time over in Finland. And then again with Wise, we'll just we'll wait and see. Uh, it's going to take him a little bit. So, uh, from Jared Krager, what does the pipeline look like for defensemen? That's the Achilles' heel of this team. What is, what is in the works? Say uh, says a lot about how Stan is positioned this roster. Um, yeah, I, I, you know it depends on if Mitchell and Bodan. These guys work out. I, I think um, I think Boquist is further along than than a lot of us expected at this point. Um, you know, obviously we've been through that Yoki Haru trade a lot, but the fact that, uh, you know, that he wasn't a pipeline and drafted him, I think that was a pretty positive draft pick. And then, um, to turn around and, and trade him, sure, we can go down that path again. But, um, I, uh, I, I don't think the defense is, is, it's completely awful. I mean, it's some of it's, um, they have to move if they're going to create some positions, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do this off season and how they, uh. Um, you know, with the defenseman you come, have coming back and the fact that, you know, you, you'd think Mitchell's in that mix and, and certainly Boquist has is, uh, is proved himself. Um, I, I still think, uh, I'm not sure about Gilbert still. I, I think they're on, on Gilbert's best days he's he can play as an NHL defenseman. Just it's all about consistency now. And, um, you know, just game after game, it's just it's not there that yet. Um, it, it might come, and, and certainly that would help, you know, to have someone like that with their size and, um, you know, even even Rockford now, you know, guys like uh, you know Chris and and Bowden, I, I think there's some uh, there's some upside there. Just it, it may take them some time. Um, even I, you know, I, I still like Lucas Carlson too. I know he doesn't get talked about as much, and and maybe doesn't find a, have a path right now because he's a smaller defenseman. But I, I think he's uh, um, you know he's pretty reliable. You know, he's played in played in the SHL. He's been pretty good in Rockford a couple for a couple of years now. Move the puck. Um, again, not a whole lot of size in the defensive zone, but pretty good with the stick and, um, you know, a decent enough skater. I, I, you know, I wonder if he gets a look too. So, um, although it seems like the Blackhawks are pretty set on what they have and, um, at least, you know, the fact that Gilbert's staying up and then Cuckoo's kind of rotating in. Um, but you know, maybe if the season goes sideways again, maybe, um, uh, maybe Lucas Carlson is someone that gets a look. Uh, this is from Ted. Do teams tend to draft and acquire players to fit a vision for how the team will play? Is the problem with Bowman? Can they really have a thriving organization without this kind of coherence? What the hell is that song you guys play at the start of the podcast? Uh, the song is actually by a good friend of mine, Niall Conley, who's from uh, from Ireland. He's uh, he's based in New York now, but he's from Cork, Ireland, and I, I met him uh, about a decade ago. Uh, so if you get a chance, uh, Niall Connolly is his name, and he has a lot of great albums out, and I certainly uh, promote his music. I actually shot a couple of his music videos if you go on uh, on YouTube and look up Niall Connolly. Uh, there's a couple songs that I uh, they shot the video for and produced and all that. So um, as for, yeah, 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 I think the Blackhawks, uh, you know, 
like a lot of teams, they want skilled players. You know, they wanted uh, puck possession players, and I, and um, I think they've done a pretty good job. You know, I was actually thinking about this the other day um, about if they just stuck with who with whom they drafted. I, I think the Blackhawks would have a pretty good team. You know, even guys like Schmaltz and and Hartman. Um, if they just stuck with their first and second round picks, I, I think they've done a pretty good draft, you know, job drafting. You're going to miss some guys here and there, but if you look across the NHL, that happens. But, um, you know, Yoki Haru and Boquist and, and Mitchell, I, I even recently, you know, to Brinkett and, you know, I think Kayamov has a, has a bit of a future and, um, you know, you can go further, further back and Deneau and Teravainen and, um, I think they've drafted pretty well, especially, you know, having a lot of later draft picks and now, you know, more recent ones have been up and higher in the draft, but, you know, it looks like Boquist and Doc are, are pretty good for where they were selected. So, um, you know, I think their vision a little bit as of uh, last couple of years was a smaller defenseman. We saw that trend go with, uh, with Yoki Haru uh, and, then, and then got a little bit smaller with, with, with Bodan and Boquist and Mitchell and, um, and I think, uh, and I think the trend as of late, they've gone a little bit away from that. And I think drafting, uh, you know, Alex Velasic, and then certainly, you know, trading for uh, uh, Regula, I think it's uh, it's gone the opposite way a little bit, where they need they know they need some size too. So I, I don't think the Blackhawks have drafted that bad. You know, here's actually a question by uh, number tw- number twenty four fan of twenty four fighting line at hoops. Would be wrong to say that since two thousand eleven, the Blackhawks haven't been very successful in the draft. And I and I actually think that is. Um, I think that is wrong. I, I think um, I think for the most part they've they've done a, a decent job. You know, I mean, the fact that you have you know the Brinkett you hit on a second round pick, and um, yeah, I'd say Yokiharu was a hit, and I think Boquist is a hit, and certainly Doc, and um, you know, um, uh, further than that, you know, I, I think Schmaltz was was a pretty good pickup. I, there are a lot of you know I, I think the only guy beyond Schmaltz was uh, Pasternak and. Uh, you know, there are a handful of teams that miss on him, and there's guys around Schmaltz that certainly haven't fared as well. Uh, you know, Hartman is a, is a 30th pick in the first round, and you never know, and, you know, he's played nearly 300 NHL games. Um, you know, obviously, Teravainen is, you know, as an 18th pick was pretty good. Uh, you know, they missed on Mark McNeil, but it certainly hit on Philip Deneau, and, you know, Brandon Saad was in that 2011 draft, too, and, um, you know, Kevin Hayes is a first-round pick. You know, obviously, the Blackhawks never got him. Um, and even Justin Hall, you know, he didn't work out with the Blackhawks. He's, he's found a, a way in the NHL. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I you know, and I look at the first couple of rounds. You know, when when you have a little bit more of a success rate from teams, I think the Blackhawks have done a pretty good job. I mean, they've they've traded some of these guys away, and and that's hurt them. Um, but from just from a draft perspective, I, I think it's been pretty positive. Um, I you know, I I don't, you know, I think uh, you know. Corey Pryman and, and Scott Wheeler do a little bit better job evaluating, you know, drafts and uh, comparing uh, prospect pools and and past history. And and right now, the Blackhawks prospect pool is certainly down. But if we're just talking about who they draft and who they've um, yeah taken in, in recent drafts, I think the, and even you know, I think even in the last decade, you know, I think the Blackhawks have done a pretty good job. Uh, let's take a few more um, uh, from John Arkiaga. Uh, yeah, Hedger used to be pretty good at these names. Uh, it's A-R-C-I-A-G-A. With our current prospects in our system, do we have anyone on, or multiple players that are showing promise to improve our defensive game, not just defensemen, but also 2A forwards? Um, yeah, I, I don't I think there's, you know, guys like Hagel and, uh, and Twistle, I think there's some 2A forwards there. You know, guys with a little bit of offense upside. Um, you know, Kershev, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's not uh, the forward 
pool right now, it, it feels like they're very offensive guys like Nordgren or, or more guys and defensively. Um, you know, the fact that Doc, again, it's the fact that Doc and the Brink and a lot of these guys have been accelerating, um, you know, Strom and, and um, you have some of those prospects here and some of those guys aren't great two-way forward. So I do think when you look back on the Blackhawks past and, and where they were successful and, um, you know, I think even Patrick Kane's kind of telling now too. Where Kane's uh, analytics, you know, the numbers under under you know underneath him were pretty good used to be, and and now Kane's one of the worst. Uh, you know, when you, when you look at Corsi and a lot of those underlying numbers, uh, he's among the worst because I think the Blackhawks had more balance before and um, certainly drove more possession, and and you had that throughout the lineup. You had you know you had your Holsters and Sharps guys that were um, you know Bickles and, and and Shaw and guys that could drive the play. Um, and play both sides, and I, I think it's it's very much uh, it's one way or the other now with a lot of their players, and that's where you see, um, uh, yeah, the defense certainly isn't the same, but um, you know I think when I look at the forwards and and their ability to defend, I think it's a big difference between now and um, uh, in the past. Uh, this is from Tyler. Thoughts on whether Chris can continue to develop to where the Blackhawks thought he would be when they drafted him. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's, he's going to be that. You know, obviously they, they took, you know, Debrinkit and, and Chris and, and Kayamov pretty much uh, almost back-to-back-to-back to back to back in, in that in that draft and were pretty high in Chris. Um, you know, his development in Boston took a little bit longer, um, probably wasn't uh, as consistent as they hoped. And, um, you know, I think he's, uh, you know, he's been up and down a little bit in Rockford and, um and I think uh, you know this is his first full season at Rockford, so we'll see. You know, it's uh, it, it takes guys a little bit longer sometimes defensemen. Um, I, I think there's traits where you know he's really, he's he's a good puck mover and he and he um, he does some positive things where he can drive some offense and just it's it's a matter of consistency. So I I don't think the Blackhawks have written him off yet. Um, I think he's one of those guys that you know you kind of see if it it works out and. Um, but uh, yeah, to, to think of where they, you know, where they hoped him be, I, I, it's it's hard to say at this point. It's 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 probably taken longer than they thought. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Stephen asks about uh, curious about Alex Velasquez and his development this season so far. Um, I actually just talked to BU's coach uh, in the last few weeks, and I'm gonna try to write something about the 2000 draft, 2019 draft picks, but. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, it sounds like it's coming along where they expect him to, um, you know, it's going to take them uh, a little bit of time to adapt, but they, you know, they, they felt like it's coming along a little bit better the second half of the year. And, um, you know, just, uh, making that jump from uh, the U S program to, uh, to BU and, uh, learning how to defend in college, but, um, certainly has a lot of tools and, you know, the BU coach was talking about, you know, obviously he's got that size, but, um, you know, he feels like, you know, his ability to defend and, um, you know, move the puck and a lot of different things are kind of coming along. So, um, I, I think, you know, from, from talking to the Hawks too, they, they certainly uh, like his upside and think he has a shot. And uh, again, just probably someone we're probably talking a few years out and, uh, they'll give him time. And, you know, with him, he's, he's a decent, decent enough skater now with his size. And, uh, I think just with how big he is, that that's the thing they'll just want to continue taking steps forward, and you know if he can hold his own and kind of uh, continue to skate at, at a higher level. So, um, uh, there's a question from uh, Sags about Soderlin was drawing comparisons to Victor Arvidsson after a strong uh, World Junior Championship two seasons ago for his speed, size, and playing style. Is it just a matter of needing more time to adjust? Or is there something else preventing him from producing offensively in North America so far? Um, again, yeah, I don't, yeah, he's, you know, he, he showed some highlights and, 
uh, he, he can make the flashy play at times, and he saw it in, in Sweden, the SHL, and um, he didn't score a lot, but the goals he did score were, were some really highlight highlight plays. It just it's a matter of being able to do that consistently. Um, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm you know maybe it, it's still early for him. He, he's still pretty young, so maybe uh, there's a little bit more development. But you know, right now he's probably more pegged as a, as a bottom six guy. You guys can give you energy and some speed and uh, the occasional offense. So. Uh, Let's see, from Noah Molk, how many prospects do you see getting at least 10 games in the NHL in 2021? Uh, I'm trying to, you know, I, I guess if Shalunov comes over, maybe, Mitchell, certainly. Um, yeah, I guess it just it depends on, you know, I, I don't think the Blackhawks want too many prospects. Uh, you know, you've brought along a lot of guys. You have a lot of young guys. Um, I'm not sure how many more you can add to this group, and uh, it can compete um, if that's your goal right now. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think I think Mitchell for sure. You know, Shalunov if he signs, um, I, I haven't heard any specific, specific names yet, but I wouldn't uh, rule out the Blackhawks looking over at Europe and trying to bring someone in. Certainly done that pretty consistently now. Um, I, I think their track record they can also sell to someone and. Um, you know, obviously they haven't kept those guys, but you know, training Panera and Cahoon, but guys that they've brought over and and certainly utilized them, and it's been a pretty good avenue. Where um, when you look at the Blackhawks roster now, and, and it certainly has a few holes, and maybe uh, maybe they try to address that, and, and I'm sure we'll start to hear some names as uh, it gets closer to the end of the Europe seasons in the last few months, and kind of who's available. But I wouldn't uh, rule out the Blackhawks trying to go that route too. It's it's worked out pretty well for them too. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was, uh, I think a lot of the questions repeat themselves, but, um, uh, oh, here's one about, uh, Michael Tepley from Nate. How do you think Michael Tepley's season has gone in the WHL this year? He has 34 points in 31 games and there's some scouts saying he's a top six talent. Is he a guy we could see in camp next year? Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I, for a story I'm working, I talked to Winnipeg's, uh, coach uh, just recently and he, and he said he was surprised and, you know, how well Tepley had kind of you know, translated his game to the WHL coming over from, from the Czech Republic and um, how quickly he kind of picked it up. Um, you know, he thought his skating was was better than, than a lot of people had said. And, you know, he thought offensively he was, uh, you know, his shot was pretty good. And, you know, I talking to Scott Wheeler and Corey Promen too. And, um, you know, probably not as hyped as, as some of the other uh, prospects. Maybe this is a guy I should have mentioned before too. He kind of uh, uh, certainly not in the forefront of my mind and, and probably should be a little bit where he's uh, he's probably a guy that he does has an angel shot you know uh, angel opportunity eventually down the line if he uh, keeps on going um winnipeg sort of uh, they, they said they they thought he'd spend a second year there um so maybe he spends two years there and then turns bro um I, I guess it depends on numbers too and what where the blackhawks feel his development is but um certainly a, a, i think a guy who's uh, emerged this year and um, you know, taken a little bit later than some of those other guys, so someone else to watch. So, um, we'll, uh, I think Lazlo, he last should be back on Thursday and hope that this will go a little bit smoother. And I, I do appreciate all the questions and I uh, hope, uh, hope this is worth everyone's time. But, um, I, um, uh, you know, as this season goes, and I guess we'll see where the Hawks season goes here in the next, uh, next month or so. But, uh, and I'd like to get out and see Ian Mitchell and, and try to make it to Rockford a little more. And, and uh, you know, get some eyes at least in person on some of these prospects too, and, and talk to them, and 
um, certainly helps me have a better idea of who, uh, how these guys are developing and, um, you know, see who's kind of on path. So, um, hopefully there'll be some more prospect coverage. And I know that's one of my goals for 2020, where I felt like we did a little bit of again in, in 2019. And, um, you know, it, it, it was, I, I thought this year would be more of it because you, you thought you'd have Boquist and Rockford and, and Doc and even, uh, and Junior, and the fact those guys are here, it's uh, I think it's changed a little bit of focus of uh, on the prospects, and and like I said, the the pool probably isn't as as deep as um, as maybe expected. So, um, but uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be back at it on Thursday, Laz and I, and uh, this is Scott Powers for the uh, the Laz and Powers podcast. Take care. Won't you let me try? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.